listeners, fart out of both your buttholes and be too lazy to write a joke here, because today we're talking about Rick and Morty, Season 4, Episode 6, Never Ricking Morty. So I've got to say, love this episode. It was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I, when, I was, when I was watching it, I, I, I was very aware that, that somewhere outside of Austin, Texas, you were watching the episode 2 and just like savoring every moment of it. Oh yeah, just the succulence of it. I would go so far as to call it the Citizen Kane of our time. And I would go so far as to call it the movie that Orson Welles made after Citizen Kane that nobody fucking remembers. No, come on, it was great. What are you talking about? Wait for it, listeners. There's no nothing to wait for. This was the most wonderful episode I've ever seen. <laughs> I was so into the episode that I barely remember any of it. Like, it was just like, the time just flew by. I, at no point, kept glancing at the amount of time left in the episode out of boredom. That didn't happen at all. Not even five times. (laughs) In the spirit of this episode, should we just carry this bit to the end of this fucking podcast? That's my plan. (laughs) There's a lot of trouble going around in the world, so all we can do is heap praise. We want to increase the positivity, right, guys? Positive that we don't want to do that. So I'm positive that Joseph doesn't want to do that. <laughs> so this is usually the point where we would introduce the episode and say the things that we like about it. You know, met in, in a meta way. <laughs> By the way, I'm Joe. No, 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 we're not doing that anymore. Insert introductions here. That's what, that. That's the introduction now. All right, sure. Insert introduction for Joe. Insert introduction for Brandon. Insert introduction for who gives a shit what my name is. You have a name for fuck's sake. We're not going to do this every fucking time. (laughs) It's Toby. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the episode. Toby and I will be sitting this one out. Joseph, take it away. (laughs) All right, so I didn't prep for this at all, but... What was that thing that you you messaged us on Discord before this that you were going to put as much thought into this episode as... As the writers did, yeah, so it's... You know, I've put a lot into it. This episode was hilarious in the same way that that Family Guy bit with the dollar where they just run through every stupid meme they have. That was hilarious, too. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph kind of hit the nail on the head. Those two are comedically equal in my mind, and that is high fucking praise right there. Did you like this episode even more than you liked, you son of a bitch, I'm in? The heist? Even more. Oh, yeah. No, even more. Like, this episode gave me an erection. (laughs) <laughs> it's a hard thing to come by these days. Boo! Oh fuck! I didn't mean that to be a pun. Kill me. <laughs> I did enjoy the intro- my introduction to the term "cum gutters." I had never heard that before, and I did oh, yeah, find no, that, that was funny. I found that funny. So <laughs> I have to admit, I don't know if I was like spacing out or what was going on, but when 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 he said that line. I like like the bleeping was enough that I like didn't understand what the fuck he was getting at. Did the follow up bit of I don't want to imagine come so watery and viscous that it uh, did that elucidate the joke for you? I guess it didn't. <laughs> you know, I I probably was not paying full attention to this episode. <laughs> That's not true. I did I did give it a fair watch, but listen, no, no, like I get it. Sometimes you just get sucked into a thing. Like like there's times that like you watch. Like a movie or a show, and it's just so good that you're just like, like, you blink and it's over. And it's like, wow, I, that was such a trip. But you couldn't tell anybody what happened during it, but you know it was great. The best part of this is how Brandon and I are painfully aware of how <laughs> fucking 
furious you are on the inside. Joseph loved this episode so much, he just saw red through like, the whole thing. He's, yeah, it's red, like the color of love. Audience, just, just so you're aware, this man is like one inconvenience away from trying to commit Columbine. <laughs> Here's one thing I wanted to talk about that I really, really liked. Remember how we were like last episode when we were talking about the we were speculating on what the things we saw meant and I was excited because like snowball and it's like, oh, are we going to get a snowball episode? Stuff like that. I loved how they just took that and they're like, nope. They just (laughs) took it and they chucked it out the window. (laughs) So that's not going to happen. And that's that's one of the greatest things. What? How every every hint we saw in the the trailer was just a clip from this. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, this is actually amazing because because you are genuinely excited to see that. I distinctly remember you saying that on the last podcast, so... Yeah. What's nice when you're, like, excited about something and then those expectations get crushed is, you know, it feels good sometimes. You know, when you're, like, excited for a thing, it's like you, you go, you wake up, and it's Christmas morning, and you get downstairs, and you're, you see your mother and father laughing maniacally as they stomp on your Christmas presents. <laughs> that's the feeling I get. That's the warm, fuzzy feeling. I love how there's a section of your brain devoted to knowing what that feels like. <laughs> oh, Toby, I could have told you we had that. Um, have, have you both seen uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights? No. Wait a minute, I don't miss, that's not in the script. Yes, this entire episode felt like the bit from Robin Hood Men in Tights where Robin Hood loses the competition and says, I'm not supposed to lose. Let me see the script and pulls out the script for the movie to recreate. It's literally to correct a giant it. piece of like parchment paper with like quill scribbles on it. Which is an amazing joke once. That is a funny joke. Had it not been on parchment, I would have been like, alright, that's kind of funny, but being on parchment makes it really funny. <laughs> but, you know, clearly, this whole Rick and Morty episode was written on parchment. <laughs> I was thinking more like, you know the when Monty Python gets real self-referential, and you're like, alright, guys, you're just being gratuitous at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's not what this episode felt like at all. <laughs> I will admit, there were moments in this episode that made me laugh like, purely out of surprise, like, similar to, to why I've laughed at, at certain Monty Python bits where I'm just like, wow, the writers did not give a fuck right now. <laughs> Real quick, do you think people are getting tired of the bit and that I should just drop it? Or do you think... No, I no, no, keep, keep it up. <laughs> All right. All right, you got it. Uh, that, that, was be, that was me being farcical. No, you should drop it. Like, please. Uh, okay, because Jesus <laughs> fuck mothering Christ. What the fuck happened? What happened? Did he fire all of the writers and then just hire a team of Rick and Morty fans fresh out of high school? Like, and don't take that the wrong way. It's like, fa- like I just mean that typically a fan of a show is not going to be a good writer of the show because you're too close to it. Don't Thanks. take that the Thanks, wrong Joseph. way, but you're all not, useless. No, it's not, it's not useless. I, it's not useless in any way. It's Fans are very important, and they're great. It's just that, you know, it. it's like, damn it, Johnson, you're too close to this case. I have to take you <laughs> off of it. It's like, that. it's like if you love something, you have a hard time seeing it objectively. That was a, <laughs> that was a better bit than any of the bits in this episode. Um, Watching my <laughs> grandmother slowly die in front of me is a better bit in, than that episode. <laughs> Love you, Bobby. Hope you live a long life. I can't wait for you to text us in a week saying, should I keep this in or not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to save me time, what are you guys going to say? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to cover some basics about the episode before we continue. As we know, this is the first episode of the second half of season four. It was written by Jeff Loveness, who wrote the Dragon Sex episode of the last half. But that was a good fucking episode. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Slut! But yeah, this is the first anthology episode they've done that's not the eighth episode of the season. I see what happened. Jeff Loveness actually died, and like <laughs> his children, they still wanted the paycheck. They're like three and four years old, but they weakened at Bernie's it, and they pretended <laughs> he was alive. I've never seen Weekend at Bernie's. So that's what happens in it. Well, in that case, they did a lot of work because he's writing the next. He wrote the next two episodes and the first. Oh, good. Ep- and the first episode of season five. Look, no offense, dude, but what the fuck have you done? Ah, look. I don't like shitting on Rick and Morty episodes because it's like, I feel like this is a fan podcast. If you tune in, it's like you want to see people analyze it and, you know, he preys on it because it's like it feels good. You're having this camaraderie. But fuck you, Rick and Morty. What the <laughs> fuck was that shit? They're, like, it was seriously like the family guy that I mentioned earlier. Go look it up. Look it up. And if you were like, if you're one of those people who used to be a family, family guy and then you're like, ah, it's getting a little, uh, you'll see what I mean. You look up. Like Family Guy, oh, so dollar, that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah, dollar Bill, where it just goes through all of their old memes, making no jokes, just references. It's just like, hey, remember this? Yeah, you know what? Now that you mentioned it, Family Guy, I do remember that. You're going to make a joke about it? No? Oh, okay, we're just going to follow this dollar <laughs> some more. That's what this fucking felt like. I was waiting for the end of the episode. Like, honestly, I would not have been surprised if the end of the episode just cut to the writer's room of, like, just, <laughs> Justin Roiland and Dan Arm being like, eh, I don't really think this is a good episode to do. Like, have they, had they done that, had they at least shit on the episode within the episode, all right, fine. But what, what was this? There was... It, I laughed at very little in it. The cum gutter was funny. There was some funny stuff in there, but it just made so little sense. There was so little structure. Which is ironic because the entire thing is a jab at Dan Harmon's uh, story circle, which I was just like, ah, come on, guys. I mean, I'm a writer. I get this, but like, ah. They literally showed the story circle in the episode. Oh, oh, they did. Oh, actually, you know what? That is funny. I'll give him that. Okay, I will say this. Dan Harmon's story circle, for anybody who doesn't know this, is the key to writing half-hour comedies. If, you have, if you're not familiar with it, go look it up. Like, it is every half-hour comedy follows the story circle in some regard. Except this one, because it sucked. It, yeah, but do not... Make an entire episode just making jokes about continuity and shit. This felt like an inner office memo between all the writers that just kept getting <laughs> added to. And finally they were like, hey, you know what we should do? We should turn this into its own episode. No, guys. You shouldn't. Just real quick, might as well. The story structure, I have it pulled up right now. At the beginning of the episode, the character starts in a zone of comfort, but they want something. So they enter an unfamiliar situation. They have to adapt to it. They get what they wanted, but they had to pay a heavy price for it, and then they return to their familiar situation having changed. This is basically the same story structure for every half-hour comedy, with the exception of shows like Seinfeld and Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where you, the characters have to stay terrible the entire time. Well, even then, it's like, it's not necessarily... That's the one place where haven't changed doesn't apply. That's step number eight, but it still very much applies the other seven steps. And Absolutely. having changed could... Like, the reason Always Sunny in Philadelphia is 
funny in part is because it sets up the expectation that they're going to change and then, no, let's, let's go back to being horrible. Or they reveal that they're new levels of horrible. This is something that I was texting with you about last night, Brandon, but my big issue with this episode, and this is why I really didn't like the heist episode that much, is because they are essential, the writers are essentially sacrificing the story on the altar of the bit. That's a good way to put it. I have to think about that for a second, but if nothing else, that is a very good turn of phrase. I completely agree with Toby. So Alec Berg, who created Barry, the HBO show starring Bill Hader, said never set out to write a comedy. Set out to write a drama and then make it funny. This felt very much like instead of like creating story and then bit, they came up with a bit and created a story to revolve, a thin story to revolve around it, which is very much a cart before the horse, like sort of like way of going about this. Like if anybody who's listening is a writer, I am a writer in massive quotes. And like, (laughs) you know, sometimes you think of jokes or vignettes and it's like, you know, I really want this to happen. Sometimes it's like, oh, that wasn't that great. You set it aside and you wait for a time that you can fit the joke in organically. This was like if they took the bin of stuff you've set aside waiting for the joke to fit in organically, drew them out of a hat at random, stapled them together and went, here's the script. Yeah, and I mean, I think what we all love about Rick and Morty is that the show fabulously walks the line between being constantly hilarious with like amazing bits and amazing jokes peppered throughout the entire episode, almost every episode, but also maintains a really excellent story. And the story applies within not just individual episodes, but there's an overall character arc that occurs and rewards viewers for watching the whole thing chronologically. And even in a case where the story isn't excellent, they still make it excellent through the dialogue, through the jokes. Like, on the surface, if I was just like, hey, do you want to watch an episode about a guy who gets mad that someone else shit in his toilet? Like, that sounds like, <laughs> that just sounds awful. But it was a fantastic episode because they made it great. They, like, they added this whole level of ridiculousness and, like, I, you know, I could spend hours deconstructing, like, what that really meant to him. And Poop and Tony says it the best. You know, you want to exert control over a universe that demonstrates how little it cares about you. This was not... There was nothing clever in this. If what they did was set out to make the most meta episode ever, they succeeded. That's not a compliment, though. That is not something to shoot for. That is not a good thing to have set out to have done. A thought that I had while watching this, I thought about this compared to the Interdimensional Cable episodes and compared to Morty's Mind Blowers. First off, the Interdimensional Cable episodes in Morty's Mind Blowers are great. I love them because not only do they have like an overall story to them, but they have an overall story that has a loud space for pure Justin Roiland id. It is a story that exists. And I'm there Mr. Are... Harmon, look at me! Yeah. <laughs> um... It's just pure Royland id, like, in moments of just, let's just put Justin in a booth, get him drunk and see what he says, and then we'll figure it out with the animators. And they're amazing because of that. And Morty's Mind Blowers has more, like, story structure to it, but I also love that. This felt like it was attempting to be an anthology episode that was overcorrecting from that. It was overcorrecting from a story that allows for Royland's humor, to almost pure Harmon 
And this is the part where I will be mean. It is. It felt like overcorrecting to pure Harmon, written by somebody who is overly reverential of Harmon's storytelling. Well, I'm glad we've gotten to the part where we can be mean. And I want to apologize to the writers for saying that. I love Dan Harmon too. I love Please like making a job. I love making meta jokes too. Meta jokes are not a story. And they know that. We know that. Like, that's the thing. Audiences know that. Audiences are smart. That's why we've gone from, like, two point... And I told Toby this earlier. We went from 2.6 million viewers at the very end of season three to 1.5 million at the end... Uh, on this most recent episode. To be fair, maybe the other uh, 1.4 million died of coronavirus. That is a possibility. <laughs> I'm sorry, too soon? Is it too soon to make coronavirus jokes? What do you mean, is it too soon? And everyone's opening up. It's about to get so much worse. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I should cut that. <laughs> no, oh, that's where you draw the line? You know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. It's going in. I am super pissed that my prediction that, like, we were going to see Evil Morty, like, make an advancement in his plan this season just turned out to be a bit at the end of this episode. We still might. We still might. That ended with Jesus Christ. Although I did laugh at Jesus Christ. I did not. (laughs) There were some jokes in this episode, I'm sure. I can't remember any of them because... Like Toby said earlier, I was just seeing red, but (laughs) this seemed like how I expected a second interdimensional cable to go, which is to say, it's hard to make lightning strike twice. Maybe they were trying something new in the same format as interdimensional cable. If there is an interdimensional cable or a Morty's Mindblowers or something else that comes out, I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I'm going to be mad, though, that they chose to have this episode and a different clip show. You're really torturing I'm- yourself here, because now if the next episode is bad, you're going to be furious. And now if the next episode is good, you're also going to be furious. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm just going to be upset. Like, you know, I feel like you get one Morty's Mindblowers a season. And I'm not saying I don't like Morty's Mindblowers. I am saying that if every episode was Morty's Mindblowers, I would not be a fan of this show. It's nice to have it once a season because it's fun. It's a nice little breath of fresh air. And then you go back to the other weird, dark shit that they do. I mean, not that Morty's Mindblowers isn't extremely dark, but we shouldn't take it for granted. I love Morty's Mindblowers. And I like. I wish that this had, for me, uh, the clips just didn't have like the same flair as Morty's Mindblowers. At least in Morty's Mindblowers, there's like a story to each clip. And in Interdimensional Cable, like, it is a unrelated segment of just a random joke from Royland or, like, any of the writers just listening to the random voices in their brain that make them wonderful creatives. And this did not have those. Like, the uh, the bits that were, like, non-continuity were just so fucking random, but not in a way that, like disconnected enough, not in a way that, like, allowed, like, more creativity in. Yeah, it was in a lull, random sort of way. Like, the way where it's just, like, you're trying to make people laugh because of how unexpected whatever weird shit you just said was, but it's not necessarily funny. It's just, it came out of nowhere. It was, well, that was weird. And some people laugh. That's, it is a way to get people to laugh, but it's a cheap way to get people to laugh. I think what might not be at the top of everyone's memory when reminiscing on the interdimensional cable episodes those both had great stories they were really well paced and there was a lot of 
amazing character development that happened, especially in the first interdimensional cable. Like, it, it was a great episode of television. Well, um, now that I think of it, you're right. It has yeah. probably my favorite bit from Rick and Morty. I've said that this is what before, that this is what made it go from a good show to a great show for me. When they brought back the fact that Morty fucking died and he's traumatized by it. And he points out that out to Summer, nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. Come watch TV. Fantastic line. It's the message that has made everybody. Like, every yeah. single person has come across this episode episode and this like message at some point it speaks to everyone at the risk of sounding like too fanboyish it's a beautiful line it's a beautiful outlook of you know everything morty just said individually is fucking depressing nobody belongs anywhere everybody's gonna die but taken in context he's saying yeah you might have been a mistake but it's not your fault what else can you do let's just enjoy life you know, nobody is here because they want to be here. Everybody's here because they were just thrown onto Earth. So what can you do with life? Enjoy it. Fantastic message. What's the moral that we can draw from this episode? There isn't one. I mean... No, no, no. I'm sure if we think for long enough... By the way, I will hear splice in 20 unbroken minutes of silence. <laughs> if we think for long enough, could we come up with a moral? <laughs> um, now I'm just thinking back on Interdimensional Cable 2 we have the side storyline is Jerry having to give up his penis which is yeah. an amazing storyline but there's a story to hang everything on there's a story to hang the rest of the rest of the, of the episode on which is this, the story that is happening the story that is present Jerry might have to give up his penis not that it matters. The Morty's mind blowers. There's still a story going on there, which is like Morty, like figuring out what Rick has been like taking advantage of in him this whole time. Now that I think of it, Morty's mind blowers does prove to be a bit of an exception to the rule. There isn't really a story outside. You know, there is a bit of one, but there's not really a story in there. That being said, it works, and it works very, very well because, you know, Rick and Morty are involved in each of these. It's sort of like seeing bite-sized pieces of story that couldn't quite become an episode, but here we get to see them all. We get to see some cutting room floor stuff that is very, very funny, even if they can't make it into an entire episode. Corporal Lunas was a good Marine. Best quality is that from one angle people would say he looked like a smudge. I literally was about to to quote that line. <laughs> like you, like if you hadn't spoken, it, it, like if you had just waited for a second, I would have been speaking. Suck it, wow. bitch. <laughs> but in this case, it seems like they shot for the moon, but had the cannon facing the wrong way. <laughs> it's okay, Joseph, because everything outside the trade is not canon. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> I want them to fucking release... I want them to release a thing being like, hey, we were just kidding. This wasn't really one of the episodes. Like, you know, again, part of writing a TV show, especially a show like Rick and Morty, is you got to experiment, and sometimes experiments fail. That's fine. Don't do this again, please. I'll be honest, I was feeling better about this episode when I was doing the bit about loving it. I think it's just that psychological thing where you smile and you feel happy. Oh, man. Like, at the same time, it hurt to be doing that bit. This just 
Like, I don't want to just, like, at this point, we're just rehashing old ground. It's not how the expression goes. We're just saying what we said before. Did anybody have new things to say? What would the fifth wall be? Huh. Okay, so fourth wall is... Connection with the audience. Yeah, it's the wall that the audience sits behind. I assume that's the wall separating that from the writer's room. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. Honestly, that is kind of what I expected when he's like, we break the fifth wall and open the portal. I half expected to see live footage. And it's just Justin Roiland rubbing his nipples. No, I expected to see In front of a a fucking horrified writer's room. I feel like had they released a 30-second video of that, I would have preferred it to this episode. Let's look to the future. I am excited to see what they do next because there was some stuff that I was excited for that they didn't have. I do want to know what the Facehugger episode is about. That's our next episode. And as weird as this is to say, I think with the Facehugger episode, there won't be any clips that we saw in the trailer left. Like, I think all of them would be used up in the first two episodes. So that means coming next is complete surprise, which I'm excited for. Should we wrap it up? Yep. I got nothing else to say. You don't want to wish death on anyone else in the Rick and Morty's Rick and Morty writer room? No, I don't wish death on any of them. I'm not <laughs> I'm not mad at them. I'm just disappointed. This episode probably won't be out before uh, this, but uh, everybody's Solar Opposites premieres on Friday of this week. Ooh. So yeah. everybody go check it out and sponsor uh, Mr. McMahon and Mr. Roiland in their future endeavor. All right. So, Brandon, take us away. This has been the Daily Squanch, our non-daily Rick and Morty podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play Podcasts, or uh, YouTube, or Stitcher Radio. And we will be back next week to talk about the next episode of Season 4, which will be Episode 7, Pro-Mortius. Let's all hope it's better. (laughs) Ouch.